0: Hello to everyone watching live <laughs> and to those listening in the future. Uh, welcome to. Or the, the past. Or the past, yes. <laughs> or whenever. The parallel universe is, that, that's fine too. Um, so, wherever, whenever you are listening, welcome uh, to episode six of Maker's Waffle. And. Yeah, I can't, we're actually. Yeah, episode six. Imagine that. It's, Six weeks, or well, we count as five weeks, depends how you want to count it, isn't it? Uh, six
1: episodes and a bit that yeah. we kind of fumbled through at the start.
0: <laughs> so we're going, and that, that's good. Hopefully, we'll soon be at double figures. That's usually how maths, maths and numbers work. Yeah, it does. <laughs> the trick, apparently, according to one of my uh, podcasting friends in America, Mr. Uh, Vincent Ferrari, is to get to 25. 24 or 25 episodes, if you can get there you're probably going to keep going apparently that's mm. the key apart so,
1: from yeah. all the ones that have finished shortly
0: afterwards yeah <laughs> Yeah. all those have gone extended hiatuses like Thoughts on the Tinkerage yeah
1: that's fits yeah. and starts isn't it
0: yeah, well it's an occasional podcast It's that, that's how I'm, I'm defining it now but there's there's one brewing anyway uh, so, uh, uh, as usual, uh, as we intend to every week, uh, we have our guest, and this week we have on his very first podcast, uh, I don't want to say interview, conversation, appearance, mm-hmm. okay. Waffles? Waffles? Uh, perhaps. New Waffle perhaps, <laughs> Waffle, <laughs> yes, we have uh, Dan Wood from Make A Geek, who some people may be familiar with. Uh, Good evening. And uh, thank you very much for having me.
2: I feel a little bit underqualified to be here, given some of the previous guests. But, uh, you know, if there was an error on your list, I'll just
0: roll with that. That's fine. <laughs> nope. <laughs> our, list, we we have, <laughs> our lists, we have... Our lists have been very, very carefully curated. Um,
1: <laughs> and as diverse as we could possibly find for a, a selection of makery. That's what we're going Excellent. for.
0: Excellent. Well,
2: as i say I've enjoyed them so far, and uh, hopefully I won't uh, bug the trend too badly. Um <laughs>
1: It's early days, yet. yeah. Yeah, sure
0: show's going to be absolutely fine. So, I, I, yeah, it's, as, as we've mentioned previously, we, we don't really want a particular set of questions that we kind of follow every session, but being aware that this is your first podcast. Um, and Who are you, Somewhere Dad? else. Yeah. Who the hell are you? How did you get here? Yes. <laughs>
2: like what,
0: what, do you, what do you do? <laughs> yeah. What do what you, what you make? Wow. Why are you a geek? what sort of geek are you because there's such a range of geeks
2: my goodness uh uh, so who am i i guess i um i'm a 40 something year old guy who tinkers with a lot of different things um i um I, i guess i started a youtube channel a few years ago and before that i had a blog and all that kind of stuff so i i I'm a a dedicated hobbyist, I guess. So unlike unlike many in in kind of the the space, I have no particular interest in making a full-time gig. (laughs) I'm just professional amateur. Like professionally (laughs) pottering around in my garage at the weekend, (laughs) doing doing stuff to keep me entertained and off the streets, you know, just like just (laughs) uh out of trouble <laughs> playing around so I kind of uh, get involved in lots of different things and i I've sort of become very comfortable with the idea that my output is not particularly um, kind of planned or, <laughs> or specific like it's sort of I'm, I'm very into tools and learning processes like I, I'm fascinated by kind of learning the ability to do things even if I don't have a specific kind of goal in mind for that thing. Yeah. Um,
1: skills so collector, I think is the I, term, isn't it? Uh, skills
2: collector. Yeah, that's a nice term. So I've I, I, and I, I've sort of realized that I've, I've sort of developed an ecosystem of tools so that I can create projects that are for other tools. And so all I do is really like make things for each of the other tools in the workshop in this kind of cycle.
1: So like Purchasing yeah. opportunities.
2: Yeah, yeah. So it, it, there's a lot of that kind of thing where occasionally my wife asked like, do you do anything
0: <laughs> anything
2: practical it's like no i you know this tool i get so i can make things for that tool and that tool i use to make things for this other tool uh, and it's fine it's a happy little ecosystem um, and so it keeps me out of trouble for the weekends so uh yeah that's that's kind of uh what i spend a lot of time doing um and uh i say i started many years ago writing a blog about stuff because i I have a horrible memory. So I decided at some point that it would make sense to like record projects and ideas and just sort of put them in blog form. And then at some point YouTube kind of became a fairly undeniable thing like, well, if you're if you're talking about kind of actions you're taking, I think you're making like, it's a very photo heavy blog in the first place. So it's sort of a fairly obvious skip to to video and then obviously Instagram and such. So, so yeah, that's sort of uh, occasionally I decided the project I'm working on I should film it. And so I do. Um and sometimes they don't make it all the way to edited, but sometimes they do. Um and then I and then I publish them. And so uh, a few a few people are kind enough to follow me on on the YouTube, which is nice. Um and as as always, the videos you think that are gonna be amazing and everyone's gonna love do nothing. And the things that you thought <laughs> were a, a throwaway, like sure, I'll just knock this out, become like the thing that gets thousands of views, but hey. That's fine, that's fine um but yeah that's that's pretty much it. say so playing with many tools um I have a day job that I actually quite like, which keeps me very busy Monday to Friday uh, so I'm very much like pack everything into the weekend that I can um but fortunately i i I do earn enough to buy some fun tools to play with, and that's that's very very satisfying.
1: I think there's a lot of parallels between us.
0: Right. Yeah, day, like day it's job. Very common. No, day, day job. If I'm not mistaken, is kind of sort of IT computer programming developer based. It is.
2: I am officially a DevOps engineer for, for whatever the current terminology is. Like it changes, <laughs> changes as the wind blows. But um, yeah, trying to try to keep systems running and avoid any resume generating events. That sort of thing. I love that phrase. um, I say keeps keeps me occupied. Get to play with new technology, whatever the developers' latest wheezes. Trying to figure out how to make sure it's going to be uh, secure and like reliable and all that kind of stuff. Um, But yes, unfortunately, it does consume a great deal of the Monday to Friday energy (laughs) amount. And so, uh, kind of part of getting into the workshop again. it's a very common thing for people in IT. It's the get away from the computer, go do something with your hands, go- Try and build stuff. some calluses up. The, the, the downside, obviously, being a geek, is that I at least 50% of the things I want to work on also involve computers, so I wind up back at the desk as well <laughs> doing stuff, CAD models or programming yep. robots or whatnot. Spent a good chunk of this weekend playing three um 3D sort of video effects stuff Triangle and Blender, <laughs> which um,
1: well, it yeah, wasn't yeah, making it was. a video background for a podcast by any chance, was it? It wasn't. No, this
2: actually, this is my this is my work background. <laughs> this is my normal work background. Normally, this is my employer's logo sits here, but I I switched that out. But um, yeah, I did think about making one a new one just for this, but uh, but no, this is. This is my, my semi-pro uh, meeting attendance background um, because I have a very small, otherwise very cluttered room.
0: I try not to show it too much. Sat in a cupboard. Clutter? I have no idea what you mean, might mean <laughs> no by clutter here. Yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah, that's fine. Uh, uh...
1: Yeah, I'm going to stay quiet.
0: So the, the workshop forms a partial escape then I can't say a complete escape for you. Yeah, there's no, a lot
2: it, of... I, it is it is good. I say I, I think you know when you when you're pushed for time at the weekend, as I'm sure we all are, there's a lot of like humming and aring about, you know, how much time do I spend on this new CAD model or learning this new thing in order to be ready for the next project? And how much time do I spend, you know, tidying the workshop, which is an absolute mess right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's chaos. Um but yeah, trying to at least at least spend enough time every weekend uh, doing something that feels a bit kind of more material, I suppose. You know, we work on the computers in this all very ephemeral space. It's quite nice to do something where you can go, well, nothing else these you. You hold the thing you've made. <laughs> <laughs> we
1: weren't, <that> weren't earlier. <laughs> Absolutely, totally with you
0: there, hundred percent. Now your workshop. I mean, I, I, I watch most of your videos. Um, I can't say, I'm afraid, if I'm honest, that I've watched absolutely all of them, you do have a fair number of videos. That's, that's um, but I've certainly <laughs> been, for the last I few years... I the only person that's watched them all is my mother, so that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and yourself well, during the edit, hopefully. Well,
2: yeah, too many times during the edit. I, I will say, if anyone watching the stream wants a drinking game, if I begin a sentence with the word, so, feel free to take a shot, it's the thing I try to edit out of my videos the most... And you know, there's nothing like watching your own videos to realise all your horrific verbal tics that you just cannot shake. Oh,
0: totally, absolutely, totally. <laughs> I've I've got a few, particularly when I've been doing podcasts. Um, it's, it's a great, great lesson in so all your bad really, habits, isn't it? Yes, it
2: really, it really is. And at least I get normally I get the edit, so I can cut them all out and uh, or <laughs> try and make myself look slightly less <laughs> stupid in things. But. Um,
1: you're the yeah. mercy of Andy this evening
0: though <laughs> 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 uh, but uh, from the uh, the point i was going to sort of make is your workshop it's uh, i'd say it, a, a large single garage it, it is a it
2: is It's a small double garage i mean it is a double garage um uh, I, I don't think well certainly in the time that I've owned this house I have never put a car in it so i I couldn't measure <laughs> but based on that uh, it was always reserved for workshopness um yeah so it's, it's about uh, five meters by four meters ish like it's it's
0: pretty good
1: it's a little bit um so a small involved. a
0: small American single garage right,
1: for sure yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> enough for a full tank <laughs>
0: absolutely. Uh
2: yeah, my biggest complaint with the garage, which is awesome, but it's it's only just over like two meters tall, so it's not very high, like very easy to touch the ceiling. And uh I think that's that's where I get very jealous when I watch other people's videos and they're like, oh, I'm in a small space, I just have like a huge loft attached, to which all of the Yeah I goes I'll just
1: store all my material up there, yeah. <laughs>
2: Every time I watch an Adam yeah. Savage
0: video and he talks about how small his workshop is, it's like <laughs> But he does cram, as you, as to you, a lot into his space. I mean, Adam's right. sort of cave He's is a... <laughs> ram-packed, having seen a few kind of few of the videos that kind of, sort of show a little bit more. Um, right, yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he, he packs a lot in. As to lot, you, yeah. you, you've got... I try. <laughs> I mean, you've got my, lasers, CNC's. My, my wife
2: keeps telling me that there can't possibly be room for another tool. Um, and it, it you it just, have
0: just have
1: to start like, nesting them,
2: smaller <laughs> ones.
0: You just shuffle
2: around. There's definitely such space for you. yeah, so... Yeah, I have a laser, a CNC, uh, a mill, a lathe, two lathes really, a wood lathe and a metal lathe, the bandsaw, two chop saws, a MIG welder, a TIG welder, um, all the random stuff that goes with doing DIY <laughs> for houses, so like paint pots and all that kind of rubbish that you have to to look after. Um, metal cutting bandsaw, um, pillar drill, yeah, all all, all of that stuff. I pretty much, I mean, let's say. Uh, I'm sure everyone does this at this point, but like everything on wheels, try and put everything on wheels. I can theoretically reconfigure the space.
1: Uh it doesn't happen very often, but when it when you need it to, is that very one hard. moment you've got to bring that to big shift lump everything something. around. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But then let's say at the moment I've sort of fall off foul of the like fact I bought a, a whole bunch of steel, which is now, you know, laying in two <laughs> lengths across the floor, and it's very difficult to roll things around when you've got big lumps of steel in the way so um it's a little bit tricky but uh yes it's it's a it's a good space it is a good space there's uh there's been a you know i think every every year there's there's some rationalization (laughs) and and normally a video that goes with it to try and be like okay how can i make this work a little bit better for me now Uh, i think the, the last one of those was trying to put all of the really long material storage kind of up against the wall by the by the front door, so I can kind of open the door and feed long stuff straight into it from wherever I've delivered it, and you, you have to open the door to get it out again. But at least like, it's sort of tucked behind everything, which is quite nice.
1: But what's well, the trick? Uh, is to feed the long stuff in and just make it small enough to carry out.
2: <laughs> yeah, the, the 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 challenge is definitely like it's it's tucked away beautifully, but it can only be accessed if the door is open. And, uh, <laughs> and I've definitely gone through a few times this year where I like soon after getting something delivered, there was then something else like blocking the door it's like need need to get it open but there you go uh yeah the the challenges we all have i'm sure trying to figure out how to manage materials and storage and like how do you access the stuff how how small is a piece of scrap before you throw it away (laughs) Uh, horrific horrific order of things
0: yeah yeah usually an odd shape about two centimeters by yeah, what like that's
2: the peril of owning a wood lathe is like there's almost nothing too small to be useful. Like, if you, if you ever turned a <laughs> peg for a cribbage board, it's like, oh, anything, anything can be a cribbage board peg. <laughs> that's that's perfectly good material.
0: Yeah, and if you add resin as well, mm. it, it becomes even, even yeah, less no, scrap. It's, it's a challenge the price it at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I have had maybe you still have, um, carrier bags with little bits of wood in, just kind of, yeah, just whole kind of sort of Tesco carrier bags, just kind of full yeah, yeah. bags for life, of course, not the, not the flimsy oh, disposable ones. <laughs> the ones, ones. that disintegrate <laughs> ones.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fortunately, we've got a fire pit outside, so that kind of anything that becomes too small for, for me to actually use within a week or two, my wife kind of takes yeah. them out in batches out, out of my sight and yeah. <laughs> I
2: don't recognize the what burn it i definitely uh i don't know if you find this that sometimes i find i'm ending up on a project where i confine myself to only the things i can find that i have already <laughs> which which is good in some ways but also can kind of limit the things you work on like more recently i have tried to remind myself that i can buy new stock when i need to buy new stock to do thing. Okay. Mm. like it's 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 allowed <laughs>
0: Yeah, I can't, I've, I've, I've got a, as well as the tinkerage, which is just, I can't get any at the moment, and the weather's been too poor to sort out, cause I've got a broken dining chair sitting in the middle. Um, I have a shed right down the bottom of my garden, uh, right. about 30 metres away from the kind of the house, with pretty much a full of stuff. And I've, every now and again, I kind of get this, this idea that I'm going to just use as much stuff as possible to make something big i'm I'm sort of talking you kind of yeah pod pad studio style dalek um i just kind of go yeah "Yeah, how how much of a dalek could i build with the stuff that i have and i suspect it's probably quite a bit of it um (laughs) probably wouldn't be a moving one because i don't have any kind of wheelchair motors uh, right, yeah. probably, I've got some. I've certainly got some old remote control cars that could be for something smaller. But it's it's that kind of yeah. Right. Yeah. Can I can I do it with just the stuff I've got? Because I I,
1: I. I bet you've got enough wire to wind yourself an armature though. Make your own motors. There, there we
0: get. <laughs> Down the rabbit hole blindly. Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, if anyone's going to do it, Andy, it's going to uh, be yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs>
0: maybe. I've got enough <laughs> magnets.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's a good question. Like, how do you choose the things that you work on? Like, there's, there's a lot of this this universe of things that you can work on and materials you have. Like, where, How do you help yourself to choose? Like, What is the thing you're actually going to spend your energy on? This is definitely one of those challenges, I think.
1: Yeah, I, I've tended to find that if I've got multiple projects sort of festering away, uh, I, I kind of default back to the next easiest project. You know, if I go right. to get something, I go to work on a particular project and think, oh, I've, I've got to lift that out the way to get to the next bit of tool that I need to get to. I'll I'll work on something else. There's something that's, you know, a, yeah. a lower barrier to entry, and I'll progress that a little bit instead, or, you know, just kind of cheat, I suppose. Just ends up lots and lots of tool, uh, lots of projects get further and further back <laughs> as they get wedged <laughs> into corners and other things placed on top. Right, right,
2: they, they have to be. Like, I, I often have that, that, that thing of like, why am I not, progressing this project. Like what is the thing that is stopping me taking it to the next yeah, the next phase and is it that I don't have a thing or is it that I'm just nervous about things? There's definitely a, <laughs> a significant amount of like, oh I might just screw this up on the next.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, that's sort to... of decision paralysis. I suppose like I tend to find that, you know, like you said before about um the reluctance to buy new materials. And you say, oh, well, I've got enough material to, you know, if I cut this one wrong, then I can't finish the project. Well, oh, if I yeah, cut that yeah. one wrong, then I've got some scrap and I grab another piece of material and then I can cut it right. And I, I don't know whether it's a, a bit of an IT mentality maybe to trying to, maybe, you, yeah. you know, no you've got means. to keep, keep the project alive sort of thing.
0: How about you, Andy? I, for, for me, d- d- the next project is determined normally by what's broken. Okay, <laughs> right, yeah. I, I, I spent a lot of time repairing things. Um, yeah, old house sure. with and, uh, kids. Um, so,
2: I, I guess then I, I'll ask a slightly different question to you. The, you. You've been doing daily sketches for like eight months now, so like nine uh, months. Yes, and it two is.
0: Yeah, 200... 200- 200-
2: this evening How was you 200. choose What you're going to draw, like, do you make that up on a day or do you like brainstorm
0: a bunch and like then feed from a, an idea catalog? Like, what, what is well, the, there's a daily prompt. So, Rob Thomas, Prickly Sauce on Instagram, okay, um, is the guy who instigated this project 12365. So, he's doing 12 post sized uh drawings, he's doing one a month, okay, uh, with a daily drawing so he's generating every month a, a random 28 to 31 prompts uh trying not to repeat any that have already gone uh just literally using an internet random word generator oh interesting <laughs> so yeah cuz yeah these things exist yeah cuz yeah, yeah, people like yourself kind of go I want to make a random word generator and they <laughs> do it and yeah they, yeah they appear and people go oh this is useful I can generate random words um so 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 to a certain extent the decision for me for the drawings is okay what can i draw because particularly since christmas i've gone down the route of going for single line drawings there's been many days where i've kind of gone i could i read could draw this i could draw this thing yeah there's no way i'll ever turn that into one line um (laughs) Yeah, yeah, but in I, fairness, I it's something else.
1: Some of the right. ones you right. have turned into one line is phenomenal.
0: Absolutely,
2: and, and I find that fascinating. Do you do you have to practice? Do you like how do you get? Well, I practice every day. Yeah, but every day I like, practice. For, for any given image, you, does it, is it like oh, you know, I, I messed it up halfway through and I start again, or or you like it starts? It, it in starts in pencil. Cover, one line,
0: boom. Yeah, it starts. It starts in pencil. So I, I essentially do two sketches every day, but you as kind of the audience only ever see one right. so i start i start with a, a essentially a conventional pencil sketch uh I, I mean when i first started doing the one lines i was you know, copying other people's one line drawings
1: okay. <gasps> trying to get an idea of the kind of great sort great of flow yeah that's yeah the go, Yep. so I was,
0: I was i kind of sort of started out by just sort of doing this kind of just ordinary sketches after I kind of got over the copying stage yeah I've, I just I spend I tend not to do them till the evening so I normally the after I've published a day's one I will prepare for the next day by writing up the word and so I'm, I'm going to bed thinking about that word. I'm waking okay, up, so you're uh, dog walk, I'm thinking about that word. I'm thinking okay. about what can I draw. I'll sometimes Google the word and Google doing a Google image search to see what comes up. Sometimes I'll think about multiple phrases, that get used with the word. Uh, I'm trying to think of a good one. might have. Uh, so, yeah, 15th of July is going to be bat. So, yeah, is, is that going to be a rounder's bat? Is okay, that going to okay. be a flying Do bat, a know... vampire bat? ahead of time yeah. enough that you can kind of think that man yeah so i I'll, I'll think of kind of here you know, multiple approaches so essentially a little kind of brainstorm right um, yeah and then kind of think, think well what can i which of those can i turn into one line have i got some other constraints yeah some days i'm yeah i just i, I get to the evening and i just think i just want to go to bed but I've, well, I've yeah. said I'm going to do something every day. I'm going to do something. So I'm just going to, it, it, if it can't be done in 20 minutes, it's not going to get done. So I'm just going to do something in 20 minutes. Other days I'll kind of go, yeah, I'm actually, you know, energy levels are good. I've got some really good ideas. I want to do something that's going to be a bit more involved. Um, so, I mean, yeah, the, the past few days, you know, the... The lava lamp, although it's actually one from a couple of days ago, was one that I really liked. It's come out really well, but actually it was probably one of the quickest ones I've drawn. Um, Uh, Not the quickest. I mean, there's been some which have been really (laughs) simple, and that's when I've normally been sort of just too tired to do anything else. But then, like this evening, the um, if you have those who haven't seen it yet, uh, obviously if you're here on Wednesday, look back a few days on my Instagram. um, I've done an Eames chair the theme was chair oh, the theme was and chair. i i li- i'd love i'm never going to get one cuz they're stupidly priced well, um, yeah. but i'd, I'd, I'd i've really never awesome. even sat in one i've never even seen one in real life yeah i've only ever seen them on tv or, yeah, or, yeah. or in books I, i'd love one yeah they, they look so comfortable they're iconic. They are iconic they're gorgeous chairs so i thought well, that's the chair i want to do um, so I, it it took a while to find a, a an image of that I could use a source image that I could then kind of sort of sketch out. And then once I sketched it out, I've then got to kind of work out the path and the path is often the slow bit. It's, I, well, I it's taking me a, a couple of hours so sometimes. Like, yeah. How do you figure out the path. Yeah. And, and it's, it's kind of how do you make a path that's, you're not going to go back over yourself too many times or right. you're yeah, kind of yeah. going go in it's, odd areas. It's very
2: satisfying when it seems like it should, like that's exactly how you do it. Of
0: course. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. cheating, I should... and so, and sometimes I just, sometimes there's a kind of you, there's a bit, you kind of go, right, I know how I'm going to do this bit. So I kind of, i draw that bit in, in pen and kind of go, right, right. I've got that bit. And then you kind of sit and wait. And sometimes down. when you do the bit, you get one bit done and you kind of then go, right. You know what? I've been at this for an hour and a half. I, I'm just—I'm going to do it. Start in the pen, and now I'm just going to go. And I've, I think I've done enough now. I wouldn't say it's easy, but I've done enough now that sometimes I just kind of go sod it. I'm going to start, and the, the pen the is just going yes, to follow it. it and it. Stay for it. I, there's been a few times where I've kind of—I've struggled for like two hours, and I've gone, I've gone. I'm just going to start, and within five minutes it's done, and I'm going. Yeah. yeah, actually, that's all right. Okay. There'll a be the odd lines. To... There's a few times where you kind of go, oh, no, that would have been better there. There's pen, <laughs> I can't change it, and I'm not redoing really the whole thing. So. That's the advantage of doing one every day, right? It's just like, ah,
2: if this one is not 100% perfect, that's fine. It's always part of the journey towards... Uh,
0: Absolutely. And th- 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 this is the thing that's, I think, been good for me. And I, as I mentioned somewhere quite a while back, I gave up art as an activity when I was 14 yeah I had to drop art in school I wanted to do art as an option but I couldn't uh, cause there just weren't enough options and I knew I wanted right. to do all the sciences uh, and it was like no mm, I dropped it and I, I I never followed it up I wasn't the arty right, type yeah. I mean there was a guy who's in my class who's who's now a professional artist that's his job uh, yeah. a guy called Jason Morgan does wildlife art hyper realistic kind of yeah gorillas and elephants and things like that he's a brilliant brilliant artist i'll i'll post a link to some of his work in the show notes uh for wednesday and yeah i mean obviously he took his his heart to uh, he didn't start out as a professional artist you know he, he, he kind of went right, into the yeah. normal world of work and but he's he's now set himself to the position where he's able to do that and you kind of think yeah yeah he's got you know he's so just me so he's got you know Forty odd years of practice of art, and I've missed. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've missed sort of yeah. You know, right, a lot of practice. thirty-five of those. Um, I mean, I bet he's a terrible physicist though. <laughs> uh, <it's, laughs> uh, not, yeah, yeah, I'm not going to mention. I won't say anything. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't do A-level physics. Um, but, uh, uh, it he, no, right I mean, you, you know,
2: eight months doing nothing but yeah well exactly Who
0: knows? and this this is <laughs> I mean this is the key thing if you if you spend I was, I was talking about kind of the whole idea uh, in my head I think uh, about t- 10,000 hours yeah. oh, like yeah, yeah, yeah. 10,000 10, hours to master something and I, I disagree with it I, I disagree yeah, I think yeah. it's I, I think well. it's kind of it's like many pop uh, philosophy and pop psychology type things. It's a, it's a nice little sound bite, right? It makes for a good book. Yeah. And I'm sure but, he's
2: not unaware
0: of that, right? <laughs> yeah. Hmm. And, well, I, if you rest kind of sort of read a bit deeper, he is, and it's, you kind of think, well, yeah, if you don't, if you don't practice properly for 10,000 hours, you you're not going to master something you right, just spent yeah, 10,000 yeah, yeah. hours. Okay, we, you you video probably video. will get better, but you may not necessarily directed have mastered practice, something. Specific yeah. directed practices. Yeah, absolutely.
1: At, I mean, like at somebody else. else. Yeah, All sweeping a, statements of generalizations yeah. are
0: generalizations at best. Yes. Yeah. Like 87% of statistics being made up. Uh, absolutely. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, Jamie, what about you? Practice. How do you... Like, do you... And the things that you make time to practice for, because again, this is another thing that I I think you're yeah, struggle with well, right? like time is limited. You know, if you're yeah, at something you want to be good at something like invest. I think that's time. the thing.
1: It, I think for me, it tends to be a case of trying to trying to work out what are transferable skills and practice right, the yeah. things that are more transferable. Um, I suppose getting you know, it's a bit more eighty twenty rule maybe. Right. You know, if you if you can get there's no. There's no real need for me in any of the stuff that I do to try and get, you know, 100% of something. But if I can get close enough by, you know, transferring some skills from something else I've learned or done to then get sort of a head start on something, that, that tends to be the, you know, kind of budget and see approach. Right, yeah, For, for Like really. we said, for
2: like uh, in that whole skills acquisition thing, of like absolutely, kind of yeah, around and around and around, and like you sort of hopefully the next time you come back, you're like, oh, I know a little bit, like I've got a little bit more context for what this could be, a little bit more kind exactly, of wide yeah. ideas.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. I think that's the thing is, if you go into things with a a, a broad mind and a reasonable memory, then you've
0: at least got a a, a good oh, start for a lot of things. <laughs> I like, to, I like to think of it as the kind of yeah you know, it's the it's the kind of whole sort of jack of all trades master of none, exactly. Which Indeed. which yeah most people know that phrase but I, I mean as you know our friends on fools for tools discussed many 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 episodes ago, uh, it's an incomplete phrase. Yeah, yeah. The, the rest of it says yeah yeah it's oftentimes better than a master of one, uh, and I that for me that's that's always been. I wouldn't say my aim, but the slots that I've fallen into. Mm. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm uh, I don't think I'd want to be a master of one thing.
2: Yeah, I'm fascinated yeah.
0: by them. Like,
2: I love watching yeah. people who are just like, incredible at something. And it's really yeah. inspiring to watch somebody be incredible at something and be like, oh, and, and the, the people who make it look easy and accessible are fantastic. Uh, and part of that is like, wow, yeah, you do nothing but this and you're incredible. But
0: you know, you made me believe that I
2: could get not bad at it. That's that's a good thing.
0: <laughs> but this, I mean, it's just it's that yeah. like continued practice. I mean, you know, if we look at you know the work you do, you make some of the stuff that you've been doing look accessible and easier. I mean, Hopefully. your recent it's, it's, autonomous it's... camera operator project. Oh yeah, camera has been I so mean, cool. I mean, board. a, how did you think of that? B. I mean, just how many skills did you have to put in place to get that working?
2: That's an interesting one because, uh, I mean, it's been a long project. It sort of evolved over time. It started out essentially as just a, a three print of an off the shelf uh, pan and tilt rig, right? From a thingiverse project, I found somebody who published all parts. I was like, great, this would fit my camera, print the parts, whatever. Um, the, the control is a bit interesting because obviously they print the, physical kind of mechanical parts of it, but how do you control it? Now, many, now many years ago, I attempted to build my own CNC machine, a uh, CNC router. Uh, and so that was kind of my first project in which I sort of got into computer control of motors. And this is where the, the maker and the geek really kind of comes together is that whole, yeah. I have a computer, do a physical thing in the real world. And that is, uh, is an interesting <laughs> dynamic. I learned a lot about how not to build a CNC router, which was exciting. Lots <laughs> um, of making point. mistakes. Uh, well, a lot of it is actually discovering how, how much physics really bites you, really bites you. <laughs> if, if you're uh, not shielded in your electronics when you're spinning up a high RPM <laughs> uh, <laughs> machine, like high voltage, high RPM, great big router right next to your unshielded electronics causes very strange problems, and that is difficult to handle. But very interesting. So, you sort of spent a lot of time with like, well, this seems like it should work, but it just jitters all over the place whenever I spin up the router. That's exciting. Um, but like that kind of was my intro to the fantastic open source project called Gerbil, which mm. is a piece of software that runs on an Arduino and it does CNC control. And and basically, it just knows how to convert the standard G code that machines run on and and turn it into pulse signals to your motors. And, and, uh, and it just makes all that stuff very accessible to easy use, like follow the instructions and put it on your Arduino and wire things up and away you go. Um, and so having had that experience, first building a CNC of my own, and then I bought one from Ooze Nest, um the Ox which I built, and so that's my mm-hmm. my machine. But. Uh, that experience sort of ran into, okay, so I need to control this camera and it's basically just XYZ control. That's just what CNC machines are.
0: Yeah. I know
2: how to to tell this gerbil software how to do stuff with motors, so will just wire that together. Um, the, the bit that gets, or got a little bit more interesting is, you know, with a traditional CNC machine, you make your CAD model and you, you use a program to figure out all of the paths and et cetera, and all the instructions, and you don't want to do any of that with your camera. <laughs> your camera, you, you wanna be able to just be like, I just wanna move you to a place and like save a position and whatever. So there was a lot of writing some custom code to allow me to like, well, how do you control this thing? Like, what is the input and how do you make it kind of save those positions and move around and what what do you want it to do? Uh, and so uh, that again was like, go on the internet, Google is your friend. Um, I you know found an example for using, a uh, like an xbox controller thing to just like to literally just how do you read inputs from a joystick can kind of i start yeah, of start course, yeah. And find an example and build from there it's like well i like once i have an instruction i know how to make that g-code and tell a machine i just need to like wire those two things together so that was kind of how that started and over time it's gotten way out of control <laughs> as, <laughs> as i then was like well wow,
1: more under I'm, control maybe
2: well maybe Uh, like and tilt is cool, but then you're like, "Ah, I kind of want to kind of move it around a bit more, you know, you want a bit more lateral motion. So then I came up to like, well, how can I do a counterbalance crane? And like, there are a lot of like camera jib kind of crane Mm. things that exist and they're outrageously expensive. Um, But, you know, it's really just a parallel set of bars with counterbalance weights. You know, it's not, there's not too much to it. Uh, The challenge is, you know how much torque do you need to move that stuff around so I kind of yeah. you know whipped up a thing with some aluminium channel and it didn't work at all and then i did it again with steel bar and it worked a little bit better and then it bound up perfectly and there was just like a lot of iterating of just like uh how do you make it i mean welding is fantastic uh, but welding is a wonderful way of building something that like looks like it's going to work, and then you weld it, and it just binds horribly because it's twisted just, just a little bit. Like, just like just a little bit, just enough to really add a lot of friction to the system. Uh, yeah. So yeah, there was a lot of a lot of that, but then I once I kind of got that working. Three D printers are amazing because you can just print gears and cogs and all that kind of stuff, um, and they are surprisingly strong, <laughs> and, and powerful yeah, for things like
1: very much you so. Can,
2: print these incredible precision cog parts that are perfectly capable of like, you know, say, lifting and twisting this camera rig which is pretty cool so yeah there was a lot of that and then you know in hand in hand uh, I guess a lot of this is brought out of because I do make videos of myself it's like well I have a need for a camera and I have all the same problems that everyone has which is like why well, keep moving tripods and setting up shots and like how, how much time did that take and I don't have enough time So kind of, it's a nice feedback loop of like, okay, how can I make this thing slightly better so that the next time I do this film, I can kind of do the thing I need more and you know be able to use the joystick to move the camera around is really cool because you can set up different positions a lot quicker than moving a tripod around. But then it's like, wow, that's still kind of a hassle. (laughs) Uh, What was I, I, I'm trying to remember what I was doing. Oh yeah, so uh, I, and originally when I built the system, the basic that, that basic piece of software that runs an Arduino only can control three motors at once. So I got two of them because I needed five motors. And then I wrote all the software to manage two of them simultaneously. And that was a pain and, and always had reliability issues. And then I came across like, actually, you can just buy a mega version of the Arduino, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, and there is a version of that software for the mega, which controls up to five at once simultaneously. So I was like, great. That simplifies the of stuff, fantastic. Uh, and as part of that, I was kind of refining the joystick and like really just going down the path of like, how can I make it smoother? And then uh, Phil Pinksley actually, uh, Pinksky, uh, on one of my Instagram uh, videos, just asked, oh, have you, have you thought about doing kind of tracking and autonomous? follow <laughs> and I my initial reaction was just like ah, I don't really uh, no, you but, know you no know, yeah, oh, but and it, my initial thought was like face tracking and I was like I don't really want to do face tracking like I yeah, my like the way I kind of work with it is I set up a shot that I want or a set of shots that I want and the movements between them and then I run that program whilst I'm doing the thing so I don't really want face tracking because that felt a bit too like I don't want mm. it moving around whilst I'm doing something but so I'm literally Quite asking through, well, it, it was more just that I was like, it's kind of not the way I shoot, but I was I was writing a response to like, no, Phil, that's not really what I, and I was like, well, maybe it would be useful to set these shots up with tracking. And so I kind of got into the like, well, let me go and look at what kind of tracking tokens is like and how do you do that kind of detection of, of these um, glyphs and such. And again, People before us have done amazing things and make it available free. It's fantastic. Like, what, yeah, what, what time people like James light. Bruton
1: and things as, as well. He's <laughs> he's done a, a lot of that kind of stuff. And right, yeah. Savas Papa Savas. He's been doing playing around with that kind of thing lately, and you know, automatically generating a a, a, a hat on top of someone's head and things like that. Right. Yeah. So there's a yeah.
2: there's a university in Spain somewhere that, that I guess it was somebody's research project for computer vision and detection of tokens, and they call them a Ruko tokens. Which is Like okay. AR, something at University of somewhere, uh, but it's literally a library, and you just load it and say, "Hey, I'm I'm going to be using this set of a hundred glyphs. I'm going to feed you a frame from my picture. You tell me if you see any of your glyphs, and it just spits yeah. out coordinates if it sees them. And it's a really incredibly easy <laughs> library to use. So it does a, it does a very impressive thing, but as as a sort of an end coder. It's really very, very simple. <laughs> and then you just say, well, okay, if you've detected, you know, it detects these things and it knows their ID, so you can associate different actions against the different IDs. And so then I kind of started down this path of like, well, what, what can you make this camera do with these different kind of glyphs? What do you want it to, to be able to do? I think, I guess part of my realization in that process was when you use a, a controller to control the camera, like you are looking at what the camera sees and you're kind of, interpolating that into like, okay, you, you need to go right a bit and down a bit and whatever. And so there's like this extra hop in the way. But when you can just say, hey, camera, here's a token, look at it, and just be like, I want you to look over here. <laughs>
1: You've you, you sort of made like a, a visual stream deck almost, haven't you?
2: Right, yeah, yeah. So it's 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 a very much more streamlined thing to be able to just say, like to know, like, like just hold it up and just drag, <laughs> drag the camera around with your hand and be like, this is the thing I want to look at. And then I can show you another token to say right, that's a waypoint. Okay, now come over here, <laughs> that's a waypoint. Come over here, that's a waypoint. Right, go. Um, and it's a really um I find it I sort of it's relatively early days, but I'm finding it quite an interesting kind of way of interacting with it. Um and yeah, so it's been an interesting. <laughs> been a long project but uh but that's where you know the inspiration really just came from that random comment on on instagram video where i was just like ah maybe maybe i should go down there now i've got a long to-do list of all the extra enhancements i need to write into the code for the different things i want it to be able to do now um which also (laughs) speaks a little bit to the the problem problem with all these things, like I started this thinking, ah, this will save me a load of time, because I move all
0: this, (laughs) this tripod around all over the place,
2: and like this will make it faster to set things up. But it's a little bit like exercise, you think when you, as you exercise more, it's going to get easier? but it doesn't, you just like do more and work harder. Do so, more of it, yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: So what's actually happened is like, well, what would previously have just been a static shot? Now I'm like, oh, what are the five positions that I can set up and what positions between them that I can do? And like, how fast should it go? And oh, maybe I'll rewrite this piece of software to allow me to do this a bit differently. So, going to say, it's and- a bit
1: of a sort of a catch-22 with that kind of thing, isn't it? Because you've, you've sort of used your your skills from your day job to make an aspect of your hobby easier. But have actually then just added more projects to your hobby list. Right, yeah. yeah. That involve I mean, your day job more. more <laughs> uh, yeah, more
2: coding and, things. and And a lot of like I, God help anyone that looks at my GitHub repository kind of history because <laughs> I, I I spend a lot of time. It's I a just,
1: call to action for everyone in the comments. Now. <laughs>
2: Please don't. You'll see the million times. I'm just like, now fix that typo. Now fix that typo. Because because the camera is isolated mostly, and so I just like use it to git pull to the update, and then run it, and then it crashes immediately. And ah, stupid, <laughs> did that slightly wrong. So there's a lot of just me talking to myself in the comments of just like, oh no, I broke that again. Oh no, <laughs> and I named that wrong because I yeah fix this bit, stuff.
1: broke the other bit. Yeah.
0: All of that happens,
2: uh, so yeah, and yeah, inevitably the thing you thought was going to take you five minutes takes you like three hours to to get working. But uh, but it is it is cool. It's a very satisfying thing. I feel like this. I say as a the, the maker geek, the, anything that makes computers move a thing in the real world is quite a satisfying thing. Yeah, um, yeah. and it, yeah, it's it's quite exciting to be able to do that. Like, oh, it's doing it's doing what I told it, or it's not, but it's still doing something
1: yeah he's like had a bit of feedback of like what what why is it doing the thing that i told it not to do
2: well, yeah. there's, a, there's a lot of um rubber meets the road when that sort of thing happens just like the theory of this was very easy the practice of this is <laughs> it's quite a lot more complicated like resident like moves um my this like it overshoot like it wants you know how do you make it not overshoot and like just end in an infinite loop of just being like well i'm still not quite there i'm still not quite there i'm still not quite there like so you have to do a lot of stuff to try and be like get close enough and then stop (laughs) or like (laughs) move faster when you're further away and slower when you're closer um uh, but even so occasionally it just because yeah the the frame rate of the video runs quite a lot faster than the movement of the machine and so Mm. like by default like the first frame is like oh i'm like i'm wildly off center let me move towards center And whilst it's moving towards centre, the video is still being like, I'm still wildly off centre, move more. I'm still off centre, move. It's like, no, no, you've already told it to move. It's
1: still doing it. It's like trying to focus on someone speaking when you're drunk. It's that kind of like you overshoot it and (laughs) have to kind of swing back. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It definitely does that. Um, I'm quite surprised that um, Duncan from Little Hobby Shop hasn't jumped in the comments yet. But have you looked at the duet boards as as an option for your selection of additional motors and...
2: So I haven't I, I have the duet on my Ox, my actual oh, That's machine. what I was
1: thinking yeah. Um,
2: uh, very kindly donated to me by Usnest. Thank you very much Usnest. Um uh, They're good people. And it is it's a, that's a really good board actually. And uh, maybe at some point I should I should think about it. The only challenge is controlling it the way I want to control it because again like it's that's very geared up for like give me a g code file and I will go run it. Rather mm. than I want to stream you G code in real time <laughs> and have you and have you do the thing, which is essentially what I'm doing with with the controller, which uh, which Gerbil is very good at. But yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of weird buffering issues and timing to be figured out. Like trying trying to get it's, 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 a, it's a deep rabbit hole. <laughs> it's just like that. It's a deep rabbit hole. Like it's, it's a future conversation, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah. Without getting way way into it. Um, but it's it's been an interesting project, uh, and and occasionally I get other things done and just use it for <laughs> film. But often I'm like I you know I got this far because like oh I set up to film with it oh that didn't work properly why didn't that work properly well, let me go back into the software of the camera it's like oh no, I was supposed to be working on the lathe like
1: yep <laughs> that that seems to be a common thing
0: for me as well I think it's um... I, I think it's quite common too quite a significant proportion of, of makers that yeah. in some way, are in the public domain because the a squirrel disease. We spend a lot of time making things for our workshop, or rearranging our workshop, and and similar sort of projects, and and rather than kind of yeah, absolutely making lots of things. I, I although I think there's I think there's certain I think kind of the wood turners I think are probably better than maybe the. Careful, Andy. Uh, the mixed, <laughs> uh, that the mixed makers well, uh, in once the they've got set lathe set, set up, they will, yeah, they'll just they will put out more production. Whereas a lot of well, kind of yeah flat, flat wood workers and yeah workshop my, type people spend a lot more time. My
2: experience was that it was the wood lathe that was the gateway to everything else. That was the first thing I got with a wood lathe, and that, like, yeah, was the beginning of the end. For my bank balance, <laughs> like thousands, thousands and thousands of dollars later, it just like oh my goodness. Um, but they are they are awesome. Wood wood a great tool, great start tool for anyone. Very satisfying. Turn out quick. Turn out something very quickly that is like really cool, like amazing to look at, and like mm-hmm. pens are a fantastic project to
1: do. It just um, seems it's, it's lots of good quick wins that can be a, almost any really size. Are, then I think is what's... really
2: are yeah like. I, I would say it's cheap, but it isn't
0: cheap. <laughs> no, it, it's there. it's it's a rabbit hole. I've looked I've looked into it. I mean, i I am friends I with quite a lot of wood turners. See, but the uh, it's it, it's a rabbit hole. I'm I'm avoiding. Um, I, I cannot afford to go down that rabbit hole. i, I heard it's a space. fantastic
1: way to get some interesting YouTube comments as well.
0: Yes. Oh, really. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yeah, Wood turners do get. A carbide around. versus
1: traditional, or you know, uh,
2: yeah. of course. <laughs> are, you, are you using your uh, carbide or are you doing a properly high speed steel grind at the perfect angle? And...
0: Yeah, and, and you don't want to be at 33 if you supposed to be at 35 degrees. But YouTube is
2: a wonderful, a wonderful arena for all people of oh, <laughs> <those laughs> interest to comment upon stuff. Um, it's a, accessible a for ignorance a, as well but... <laughs> I, I put out a youtube video a while ago about uh my tig welder uh, which was literally like tips from an amateur tig welder and so I, I got a comment which was like your tig welding is rubbish it's like well it says amateur in the title like what, <laughs> like, what do you want from like, like if you were expecting something else that's kind of on you right like, like well, give give people some tips but but whatever um
0: Yeah, YouTube is awesome. Yeah, I I think there are some people who just make sport of uh, commenting on videos and uh, not grasping... They don't listen. They don't, they don't. They don't actually watch the videos before they comment. Sometimes I think they just kind of mm, click right, through and right, go, yeah. "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." Oh, oh look, look, yeah, you know, look at this. S- it, skip guy, through every yeah. two it's minutes it's and then... clearly, clearly rubbish. At TIG welding. Yeah, ignoring the fact that a, you, yeah, you know, if they've been following for a while, they know that you've only recently took up TIG welding. You're new to it, and as explained in the video, you're sharing some of the things that you've learnt about TIG welding that might help somebody else mm-hmm. pick it up a bit quicker or be less daunted by
2: like it's a fact that that i mean, I mean obviously i think all tools are amazing because because they are but tig welding is a, an amazing thing everyone should have a go at tig welding I, it's one of those mm. things i wish was more easily accessible like i'd spent a while looking for like other welding courses around but like welding courses are very expensive and few and far between certainly where i did. um but yeah think, like maybe this is a makerspace thing i don't know how much most um, makerspaces have but but people should have an opportunity to use interesting tools. Tig Welder is a
1: fantastic tool to play with. Totally agree. It's 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 on my list as uh, to to get to. I think is the uh, it's going to be a gateway drug for me. I think.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can be a long yeah, list. But... <laughs> you, you mentioned kind of make, make there. It, it, Make make space something you have access to. I mean, you've got pretty much a make space of your own.
2: What, and this is this is kind of the thing. Like, I guess early on when I when I was doing woodturning, um, like the first thing I joined a turning club. But that was kind of the closest thing of like going and seeing other people and um, demos and examples and stuff like that. But uh, I guess at that point, make weren't really a thing. Um, kind of, where are we talking? I guess. 15 years ago, 16 years ago. um, I moved away before the Southampton Makerspace kind of started up, um, and I've never really lived very close to one. Um, And also I'm a a terrible person that buys lots of tools. So I'm (laughs) very fortunate, very fortunate (laughs) position to be able to just be like, I'll just buy myself one of those things. and uh yeah, learn to play with it. So I've not I've not engaged in a in a mix space, which is a shame in some ways. I think it'd be cool to hang out with and see people. But uh, uh I do I do wonder how tool kind of scheduling works, particularly with things like 3D printers, which seem like kind of a very a very obvious maker kind of tool, but everything takes so long to print, I feel like
0: yeah, that yeah. must be a nightmare to
2: schedule.
1: <laughs> yeah, when when we had Duncan on um He's sort of been loosely involved with the Makerspace near him, um, kind of in charge of setting printers up and stuff right. and Yeah, 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 it, yeah. it's uh, from, what I've, from what we've understood from sort of uh, off-podcast chats and stuff, it's an absolute nightmare you know, but trying also, to manage I mean, within it
2: all. Also, in that space, depending on how experienced somebody is at 3D printing, you can make some decisions in your part that substantially impact the print time. And so oh, yes. I, can, I can imagine you spend yep. half your time being like, what are you doing? Like, like you've just like doubled the time that this thing is doing just for you because you made this one yep. like boring. Like, just do it this way. Just I mean, turn I, the part I the other way up, and it's not
1: going to use half a kilo of filament just in support.
2: Right. <laughs> yeah, 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 Like People make odd decisions where it's like, if you just drafted this, you wouldn't need any of these supports. Like, this would be much, much better. Um, yeah. I think that would probably drive me crazy if, if I just saw the <laughs> utilization of those things. Just like, uh, can't can't go. That's why I have my own. It's a little tucked in the corner. Um,
1: that's why I just have many of them. Just, yeah, just I, buy I more really for want. when when you're printing something that's taken a while, and you want to print a second thing, you need a second printer, and then Wait, you, you, you end up with six.
2: The, the hobbling recently, right? Like I've I have, yes. That thing. How, it's amazing. How that like is that? Is it really fully 3D printed? Like,
1: is there like something that makes it rigid up the centre? Like there is. So, it's a the body is a single piece that prints just vertically stood up. Right. Uh, that was just the best part of 51 hours, I think, to print that. And then the right. neck is a single piece print. Right. Um, and that dovetails into the body, and then you run a 500 mil, 8 mil carbon fibre rod straight right, down right. So through the neck the that gives it the, and that that locks the two in but it's uh it, it's a really really interesting project that because it's um it's the that single carbon fiber rod and then you buy the four machine heads and it's just beautifully just clips together um and, and you print the bridge but, I mean, yeah.
2: nothing about violins, but like, is there an acoustic quality to the, I assume it has, it's a hollow sound box, but like, it is, is yeah. it shaped in a specific way for acoustic qualities? Do you, you make choices in that space to kind of tweak it? Like,
1: Yeah. So from my sort of, um, my, uh, I, you know, full disclosure, my dad's a musician. Um, and yeah, used yeah. to be a luthier. So I sort of grew up with that kind of thing and you know violins and viola cellos and everything on the wall in the house and things um and i I handed it to my dad to set up you know and he was absolutely baffled by it but sort of put it together you know to to humor me i think and strung it all up yeah (laughs) it's very clever but you know it's going to sound rubbish and then he sort of put it together tuned it up and and was like sort of completely dumbfounded for a good five or ten minutes just looking at this thing and then Having a go, and but it's, it's a violin, I and mean, it sounds like a violin, you know. It's it's just, right, yeah. I mean, it, it's however many iterations in it's you know, version 5.3 or something that's been going for however many years of the project, it's constantly tweaking and evolving and things. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's I'm
2: always fascinated by I mean, 3D printing is amazing because it can do stuff that cannot be done other ways, and I'm, correct, I'm yeah. very interested to know whether there are things that you could do. Within that incredibly ancient traditional kind of art, where it's like, oh, because this is a three D printer, we can like modify the sound box in a clever way that kind of makes absolutely, it absolutely, yeah, things like that's uh, an uh, 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 awesome project. Uh, Fifty hours though, my goodness! I, think- I mean, it's, it's in, in fairness,
1: <laughs> I was printing it slowly. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> okay, yeah, right. You. Yeah, I mean, the, the entire thing was, was around about five hundred kilos, all in for the whole lot. 500 no, not five hundred 500 kilos. <laughs> that seems a little that could be your shoulder. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> on my daughter's shoulder at that. Yeah, five hundred grams, <laughs> half a kilo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, half
2: a kilo. That's that's a lot of plastic. That is a lot.
1: Of plastic. It is, but I mean, the, the you know, the, the the neck is almost solid. You know, that that's three perimeters or you know, one point two mil walls and yeah, uh, you yeah. know, thirty percent infill and things like that. So it's the uh, you know, the, the walls on the on the body, of course. So. Well, you know, again, I think they're they're about one and a half mil, maybe something like that. Right. So there's not a lot of plastic in the body. It's just that it's a large, vacuous shape that's got a lot of uh, slightly wib- wibbly wobbly kind of
0: parts. <laughs> it's, it's, the the it's contact patch on the bottom's tiny. <laughs>
2: fascinating. I mean, I'm I'm not
0: a musician, but the f- the physicist in me is 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 sort of, uh, combined with the maker. It's kind of throwing stacks of questions into my head with things like, you know, does the the choice of filament make a difference yeah if you use a carbon based oh. filament over a sort of pla based yeah you so that a petg over one of those yeah it, what difference is the filament going to make if you tweak the the wall thickness slightly yeah i mean acoustics is uh, i mean i, 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 I wouldn't say i've mean, I nightmares about my acoustic kind of uh, lectures at university and the, the maths involved in it that oh, was horrendous sure. mm-hmm. um and something I'm, I'm kind of gladly forgotten. Um, I, I certainly I couldn't tackle that maths now. I uh, yeah. certainly not without kind of a good six months of practice beforehand. Yeah, I mean <laughs> it, that was something it, I was discussing it's... with my
1: dad as to whether or not the because I, I did the um, the sound box was done out of PLA, but the uh, the bridge and the neck were done out of PTG. Um, so I mean they've got different relative densities as well you know, so, oh,
0: yeah,
1: yeah, you know, and, and obviously different properties, but, um, I'd love to reprint it in something like TPU, you know, like a, a hydrometer TPU that's, it's got more flex to it, but it's not, uh, you know, it's more rigid filament, but it is still a flexible violin essentially just to see if there's, you know, if that was doable almost, um, obviously there's tension in the strings but whether or not there would be enough rigidity in the rest of the body to be able to cope with it
2: i I also have no real concept of how much tension it requires to make a string at the right kind of like obviously you need a carbon fiber rod to keep it stiff but like how much tension actually is there there and like do you have other options yeah
1: but i mean if you think like the the material that the violins are made out of anyway is relatively thin so Absolutely. They're not yeah, too yeah. dissimilar in, in you know in density and uh rigidity and everything as well. I mean the the um the whole piece looks and feels like a violin and plays like a violin, sounds like a violin. You know, do it's... you do
2: anything any finishing to it or like it's literally just off the printer done or you kind
1: of sanded and so or anything? it was done basically I I had uh from Callum at Three D tomorrow. I had a, a large two kilo roll of PLA that I'd been using for another project, so there was a load of that left. And Sunlu had sent me a load of um, PETG, so I kind of ran, um, I ran the print off in what I had basically to hand as a right. as a test. Um, so I, I did very very little finishing, a little bit on the back of the neck just to kind of make it feel okay when you slide the hand up and down. Right. Um, but otherwise on the body, I. I couldn't do anything to it. It didn't need a massive amount, in furnace, But um, I think when we do a, you know, the idea was to, to, you know, sort of do a test print and then let my daughter pick the the, the filament that she'd like it in. And then when she saw the black and green, she went, I quite like that. I like that. Yeah. Because,
2: <laughs> I mean, that's the other amazing thing about 3D printing. Like, it, it, you can get a 3D print very smooth. Like, if you want, if oh, you absolutely. want to finish it, like, if you want to go for it, like obviously difficult to get into some of the crevices, but like for for large swathes, like you can really polish up and like paint and polish and paint and get yeah, incredible. Absolutely, on that stuff. fantastic. I'm mean, even fantastic.
1: just just wet sanding the PTG to on the fingerboard; it was absolutely smooth. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh,
2: I see. yeah. My casting brain also wonders whether or not you could then cast the components in something else. <laughs>
1: <laughs> J- um neck on it or something.
2: Just amazing material. God, I love jesmanite. Um But but yeah, like that again takes an incredible smooth surface, and uh, mm. I mean it's a little bit brittle perhaps. But again, I guess if you're strengthening it with a carbon
0: fiber rod. That's probably if it's reinforced, essentially like reinforced concrete. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I suppose really you
1: could like always a... mix fibers in with the jasmineite as well
2: indeed yeah I, I first heard about it from a colleague whose wife makes um like sculptural pieces and like uh, busts and such in sort of um like outdoor sort of sculpture i guess um mm. and like she uses it as sort of mock stone but again like they layering up with um fibers to to make it stronger and flexible it's like it's very very much about that um it's uh, it's cool. It's a really it's a really interesting material. If people haven't tried
1: casting Jesmite, they should definitely do it. It's cool. It's yeah, um Duncan from Little Hobby Shop is uh he's he's really getting into Jesmite and um when he sort of discovered it he like, gently nudged Andy and I towards it along with some other friends from the uh the makers waffle stuff. And uh I, I, I bought the kit and still haven't got around to doing it and he um <laughs>
2: A couple of years ago, I guess it was central, I, I took a bunch of jesmite blocks that I'd made to make a central, just to show people because I was like, "This this stuff is cool. <laughs> like, it's it's really interesting material, and you should probably know about it and, and play with it." Um, yeah, I did a whole weird series of just like odd blocks <laughs> from jesmite <laughs> like different colors, and some of them hollow, and just just experimenting with like what 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 it can do and uh, what the form is like. Um, but yeah, it's.
0: Uh... I think it's it's quite exciting, really. What, what's happening in terms of material development now? I mean, material science is, is it's a fascinating subject, and I think yeah. now we're seeing.
2: And availability. Uh, we're starting and then...
0: to see commercially, a range of materials appearing that yeah you know, previously wouldn't be accessible. I mean, the the Jesmanite, the some of the acrylics that people like gps agencies are putting out hmm. yeah it's it and it's it's seeing people now doing things with them it's not just the stuff that's happening in university labs all over the country that unless you're in that little right a little and circle you you get to hear about if you're outside of that you probably won't
2: i think i think the fact that you can buy a kit that's like, you know, it's a couple of kilo kits and it's, whatever, 20, 25 pounds. That's, yeah. that's an incredibly accessible way to get into something, which the fact that you can order that and have it delivered, it's like, great, that's enough to be getting on with, do a bunch of stuff. Um, yeah, really, really interesting. So, what a, what a time I think that sort I'm of,
1: yeah, that that, uh, that accessibility for interesting materials and interesting uh, methodologies for doing stuff you know a friend of mine recently got into doing like decorative resin pieces and being able to just you know order a new like silicone form from the internet and it arrive and a lot of resin and powders and
2: right
1: yeah fillers and binders and all sorts of stuff just arrive and then you can oh i can have a go at something that was previously you know unavailable for the average human sort of thing indeed well, so let's get the, the ideas flowing and giving you that that the outside, flip side it. of that
2: is that you do end up in that situation where you don't have any excuses for not being able to make a thing like yeah so there's an element of like well i could just like obviously you can make it yourself because you have the ability to get hold of almost anything you like right like i, I yeah. fixed the tool recently by casting a replacement for the um tire on the metal cutting bands or okay broke like a tire I spent ages out of commission, and then it's like, ah, you know what? I have this workshop full of tools. I must be able to make a replacement for yep. this damn thing. <laughs> it's like, yes, yes, I can. 3D really printed mold and cast, cast some rubber, and off you go. And uh, yeah, so you definitely lose excuses for not going to make things.
1: Yeah, but then because you end up with a big, massive stack of projects that you haven't got around to doing yet because of all the <laughs> other projects that are in the way that you haven't got around to doing yet.
2: But, yeah, yeah, <laughs>
1: Then you get dragged onto a podcast on a Sunday evening, so that you can't do anything. Oh,
2: that's fine. I always always have to like put put away the workshop by like seven o'clock on an evening. That's, that's you can't can't go back to it <laughs> after that. Uh, so it's certainly wants to start start on the wine. It's like I have to be very good about not going back to the very dangerous machines. <laughs> yeah, it's, a good not, idea. it's not a good idea. Not yeah. a good idea to mix those things.
1: Um, yeah, I suppose getting getting in towards the. Uh, you know the, the, what's been grabbing our attention. That the um that was basically the last two days for me. I've been down uh, at the end the end of the the world <laughs> down with uh, with Steve House and uh, and Jim from Wave Cycles. So we've we've been doing in the deep pictures.
0: southwest.
1: Yeah, down in Dorchester, but um, terrible West Country accent there. But yeah. um, yeah, that that sort of point of like, should we? You know. Put down the the welders and the grinders and, and just get get on the whiskey. Well, yeah, yeah. I suppose if we do that, then we're not going to wander back out late at right. night and try again. And you know, <laughs> you have to make a
2: decision. That the day is over now.
1: <laughs> yeah, and that was that was very much what happened yesterday. It was that sort of? Uh, no, if we, if we if we stop now and we eat, we'll take our boots off and then we won't go back out. That's then we can open the whiskey we're fine you know if we take the boots off that'll do that that's that's the end of the day then
0: yeah getting the boots off i think is, is probably one of the key things isn't it it's it's, it's uh, when i used to go sort of backpacking a lot yeah it's like case of, right when the boots are coming off at the end of the day they're not going back on <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly and, yeah so where where we have dinner yeah we've got to determine are we camping as well as having dinner because if we're camping obviously we're going to put the tent up and we're going to take the boots off but if we're just stopping for food and we're not camping the boots are staying on because they're oh, not going yeah. back on afterwards <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah that was that was pretty much the deciding factor it was boots off whiskey open that'll <laughs> do nice.
0: so that's why i want attention and- yeah so, Jamie, mm-hmm. as you, you started your attention, what grabbed your attention? So, obviously, you've been down at Steve working on a truck. Uh, uh, yeah. And uh, Jim from Wade Cycles, anything else this week? Well, uh,
1: mostly just the being on the road, getting down there and getting back, and just avoiding road way. traffic accident just after just plenty of them. <laughs> it just seems to be a, yeah. an exercise in, in reminding me how annoying people can be and how... Um, <laughs> How the pandemic seems to have just ruined ruined everyone's already bad driving ability and made it even worse. Always well, bad
2: after every like half term. I can't imagine it's like after people have been
1: out of it for it's like... horrific. It's absolutely <laughs> horrific. Um, but yeah, I mean that, that's that's been the main thing is is listening to really really cheesy, um, you know, sort of early two thousands music and, and like late nineties <laughs> Brit pop and you know all sorts of uh music to to regress to i think it's a good thing you know three lads in the in their mid-30s playing with tools and making a mess is you know it needs a good soundtrack so that's pretty much been me for the uh the last week really in in prep for that and then uh, yeah i literally got got back in um like as Andy sent me the link for, for this podcast <laughs> <laughs> so walk through the door, check my phone and oh, he's,
0: yeah, oh, there we go. And we thank we thank you for, for coming on the podcast and rather than just sort of heading straight well, well for some done. form of relaxation. I yes. imagine you're pretty tired, you? so it's a, long drive.
1: It was, and, and because of the, the weather was particularly bad as well. It was, um, it was very nearly a five hour drive, which Ooh. I mean, for our American friends is round the corner, I know. Oh, well, but, sure, but... You know, it was. Oh my goodness! Yeah. So it's you know, could be worse. I was getting away from Steve, so it was fine.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So Dan, what's what's been grabbing your attention this week? This week, uh, well, it's kind of coming out
2: of out of the maker spectrum. I I mentioned earlier, I spent a lot of time this weekend trying to learn this tool, Blender, which is an open source kind of three D modeling and visual effects bag of wonders. Um, And it's an extraordinary, extraordinary piece of software that is free. Mm. Um, Absolutely. I've been watching the videos of a guy called Ian Hubert, who has been using this tool for 15 years. (laughs) And so he is truly an expert. Uh, But he recently, maybe in the last week or two weeks, published kind of the first episode of a sci-fi short series that he has been working on almost alone like it's not entirely alone The credits show a bunch of people but he has done all the video effects for this thing and like his partner is the lead actress and it is mind-blowing what he has been able to achieve with this three piece of software and an idea Uh and just like time and he does uh, a really interesting series of videos on his channel called like lazy Tutu- tutorials for lazy people they're like one minute long and and they're really interesting and inspiring and i like the format i, I might have to try and s- steal aspects of the format but they they're literally like one minute videos in which he just blazingly fast does something really cool in blender and it is and it's like everything from uh you know rendering realistic looking flyers on a wall like make them look good right all the way to like simulate a thousand people walking around this city scene that's good enough for your like aerial shot and in a minute (laughs) and so he goes fast and you have to kind of you know it's very much a rewatch it and pause away but Mm -hmm. what he gets across i think is a really interesting aspect of if you understand the effect that you want you don't have to go insanely into the detail like you can get away with a lot of kind of corner cutting and shortcuts um and you can achieve a really interesting effect and there's you know it's the classic thing like if if the story you're telling is good then people are not like if people are paying attention to the fact that you have kind of a slightly wonky model of the person walking then you probably aren't telling a very <laughs> The story, story isn't good enough yeah <laughs> But like, there's it's a really interesting series, and there's just a load of these things, and I've just been consuming
1: them insanely. <laughs> I, if it's the same person I'm thinking of, then I believe uh, Maker on the Move, who's a kind of a friend of us, uh, I believe he might be involved in those as well. Oh, yeah, I can they might be that. roommates, yeah, if I remember correctly. Yes, very... I believe they are roommates interesting. or housemates. Um,
2: but it's a yeah, it's a, it's a cool it's a cool piece of software. It's been around for a long time and it keeps getting better and better. I I literally spent most of this weekend like slowly trying to rotoscope myself out of the scene so that I can use it <laughs> because I have an idea for a thing that I want to do in the future. Uh, and and try and learn it. But um yeah, so that's that's probably the thing that's captured my attention in the last week or so. Um
1: That's a good uh, thing to capture your attention.
0: It's been good. And any good projects coming up? Anything for us to uh, look forward to, which oh is continuation there's of projects. Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah. the revision, so many projects. More <laughs> revisions to the camera software?
0: More revisions. There's so many more revisions to the camera
2: software. I'm currently making chairs for my garden. I am filming, but I have no idea whether I will actually end up making a film out of it. I'm making an instrument vice from a project, uh, like a kit, which has been going for months and I have been filming parts of and learning the mill. Um, at some point, that will get there. Uh yeah, I don't know, like just lots, lots of different things. Um and I say I've got a lot of things on on video, and as I start editing them, that's normally the point at which I'm like, ah, ah, it's rubbish, or, or like sure up and down. I like think Instagram is the place where almost everything I'm working on ends up with a picture on Instagram at least something, and like 30% of that winds up in a video on YouTube. <laughs> it's like, oh, this is good enough to actually be be something or or normally yeah, it's all, it's all content isn't it yeah yeah so um yeah garden chairs is probably the next thing that might be a video um, i don't know how exciting that is to most people but i saw the summer coming and thought i i would like some comfy chairs for my garden and then i looked <laughs> online and saw how incredibly expensive comfy chairs your garden are.
0: yeah uh-huh. i was
2: like well i really like this design oh they only want 1300 pounds each hmm maybe i should <laughs> order myself some metal and make my own <laughs> um, so that that is the process right now. Uh, we'll see if we'll see. It might might be video, might not. But uh, it's definitely been a lot on Instagram. at the moment.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've been following your kind of uh, like attempts to feet? get equally. Yeah,
2: how do you yeah, get bent and shape and do it? I mean, this is the, the classic made problem. Making one is normally not that difficult. Making two that look the same.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> that's that's why for and me everything's four. a prototype. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah make, making a pair of chairs that look like they're supposed to be a pair uh may have bitten off more like a Jew, but
0: we'll see yeah i like i How quite you like, andy I, yeah i was just gonna say i quite like the idea sometimes of going completely eclectic on sort of like things like chairs right it's intentionally like yeah. completely different <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. six, yeah. six <laughs> dining chairs that are, you know, look completely different um, absolutely two different ends of the same table yeah <laughs> Yeah, well, there's there's no thought as well. Yes, yeah. Um, I've spent. Uh, I started mowing the lawn earlier in the week, and the lawn mower stopped. Oh no! Which was kind of uh, not a good did thing. Get, to Cut the scissors happen. out, or? Well, I hadn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. That's not gonna happen. <laughs> um, I did that a few times when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. Kind of. Yeah, here's some here's some shears. Cut the cut the lawn. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not gonna do that to myself, but it, yeah, it stopped working. We've had it. Close to 10 years, um, but yeah, it doesn't get used that often. But I, uh, yes, yeah, so I've been doing a bit of maintenance on that. I think I've sorted it. I think so, so some vents got blocked up with a bit of caked up uh, grass because I hadn't done a good enough job last year of cleaning off <laughs> at the end of the season. Uh, so I'm hoping that that's now fixed. Um, had the thing apart, blasted it out with compressed air, etc. I uh, took a blade off. There was some stuff caught around the blade, that, around the axle, not for the blade. So I'm kind of hoping that that's fixed. So that took. And as, yeah, it's typical as you kind of put something back together, and you think, why is this thing that's supposed to spring back in place not springing back in place? <laughs> oh, that's because. The <laughs> why do I have a handful of parts? Oh yeah. So it's kind of like, right, how do I put that? Where did that spring actually come from? Or where did it sit? So I kind of got that back together, okay. Um, but kind of attention wise, a couple of things caught my eye, uh, actually today really. Uh, uh somebody that people watching may know, uh, uh Peter I'm gonna Messis uh Piotr, surname Kolansky, I think. Up uh-huh. in Edinburgh. Craft uh, Tech in was his YouTube channel. He he cut he he cut his YouTube channel uh about four or five months ago. Um I think he was getting off social media, pretty much full stop. And he's reopened, uh, starting from scratch, his uh, channel. And a friend of his helped him with some filming. And he's he's made a a, a table, a, a kind of. I'm not sure it's big enough for a desk or more more of a kind of a, a console table. And the filming of it is absolutely fantastic. Uh, I will post the link. I haven't no had a chance yet to post it I literally this afternoon. Came across it. And it's a blooming good video. Um, I look forward to that because Pete's good. I didn't realise he was back yeah, up and running. Yeah, yep, he's back up and running. Uh, so really pleased to see that. And it's a fantastic video. And he currently has seven or eight subscribers. Uh, so uh, going to head out to Trafter Tech. Uh, that's uh, C-R-A-F-T, so craft, And then O-tech, Um Worth kind of, yeah, hunting him down and... Give them a subscription. I'll I'll put the link in as soon as I can. I'll i try and do it either this evening or, or in the morning, uh, so people can find that in the sort of show notes. And the other one that uh, another f- uh, Polish friend of ours, Carol, uh, posted in the Waffle Group this afternoon was an Instagram page which I've not come across before, called the Alth- the Alternative uh, Limmer Company, and it's it's prosthetics. And it's, I think it's kind of uh, certainly the few images that I've had a chance to look at so far seem to be up around sort of Darlington. And it's, they're just doing some blooming awesome work with prosthetics. And Fantastic. I, I, cool. I, I quite like that sort of thing. I mean, there's some mm, brilliant work with 3 so, printing yeah. and prosthetics. Oh, and yeah. it is, I can, yeah. I'm I, 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 fortunate, yeah, I, I, I'm don't know anyone that needs prosthetics and I think if I did I would probably start getting involved in it because it's there's a lot of good to be done there are people who are connected to people who do it and I think if I had a connection to somebody I would probably get more involved Uh, there is a a
1: local or locally run initiative with 3d printing prosthetics for kids there is is a fantastic little
0: Thing. I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. Um, I do follow them no, on yeah. Instagram and YouTube. But they don't post very often.
1: Um, a friend they, of mine they... is uh, is involved with it with our local hospital. You know, if, if any kids come through, they reach out to people with three D printers who can uh, reprint mounts and the prosthetics and stuff. Obviously, because as as kids grow, it's uh, a lot more. I, it's it's a very simple design,
0: but it it's one it is yeah. Is, very effective for kids, and they're often because they've been 3D printed. People are kind of customising them with kind of a you know, Marvel mm-hmm. characterization or, or some other such things. So it's, it's not just a, a, a prosthetic arm; it's a Winter Soldier prosthetic arm you know, <laughs> or, or Captain America. So I, I think it's a, <laughs> it's a, it's a nice thing for particularly for the sort of young kids who are oh are mm-hmm. growing and who are you know, having the difficulties sort of trying to maneuvering a world which is aimed for people with two good arms and uh, it's it's a fantastic piece of work i think they deserve a yeah the people who are doing that the guy who started it i think yeah deserves if he hasn't already got you know an MBE or an OBE or something it's yeah, just fantastic okay. work
1: some recognition definitely yeah
0: yeah no uh, i'll i'll see if i can dig out a link to that and uh just want to make a quick note before i forget um, yeah, it reminded me. that uh, I posted today, and I'll include this one as well. There's a, a brilliant TED Talk uh, of a, a lady called Amy Mullins. Amy Mullins, yes, has oh, a prosthetic leg, and it's 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 a it's a it's a funny talk, and it's it's, a, it it's a it's an interesting talk as well. Seeing the kind of work of prosthetics, and she has uh, she's missing lower legs, um, both, both legs. Both them, so yeah. yeah, she has the ability to change her height from I think five foot nine to <laughs> six foot three, depending on what mood she's in.
1: Yeah, and that that was one of the things in the TED Talk, if I remember rightly, where she was uh, going into schools and speaking with kids and bringing the selection of different legs and you know being able to show off uh, it been you know different heights or different suited for different terrains or environments or she was she yeah. did a bit of uh athletics for a while as well I don't remember yes she was
0: means, para-athlete yeah so she had the yeah, carbon fiber well. blades and she's done a lot of modeling work and she has been yeah. involved with uh, artists as well um so yeah i'll I'll post a link to that uh in mm, the show the notes show. and people can go and watch that ted talk uh, which ted talks i would thoroughly recommend There's some brilliant ones uh, that oh, are yeah. all around making and the things that are available. Right, we're at uh, five to eleven already. Uh, so, uh, five. yeah, around twenty-five uh, we, minutes. We time waffled, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no fix. Uh, some podcasts, they stick to a very sort of set time limit. So, yeah, we. I don't think we're going to do that. We'll kind of aim I don't for... think we'd
1: have been able to do that. <laughs> no,
0: no, we'll, we'll we'll aim for a kind of an approximate time. But obviously, if we have guests that say, "Look, I can only do an hour," then yeah, we'll obviously. I'd do a better not, job. Not overshoot it stick by too it much. To that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think I think it's probably a good time to uh, say goodbye. Um, folks obviously know where to find uh, Jamie and I um, online. That's uh, easy enough. Dan, best places for people to find you? Uh, Instagram, Ge- make-
1: GitHub. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> don't go
0: looking at
1: GitHub, please. Um, YouTube,
2: uh, Make Geek UK, I think is the URL. But yeah, uh, basically Make a Geek everywhere. Um, Instagram if you want someone who doesn't post anything during the week and then loads the stuff at the weekend and YouTube, occasionally <laughs> there are videos
0: uh, that's, that's pretty much it Brilliant Fantastic. Right, well thank you very much for uh, coming on your first podcast yeah. hopefully, Thank uh, you for joining you us well, It's been fun yeah. well, it's, been, it's been enjoyable talking to you and get to know you a little bit more So that's, yeah. Hopefully we haven't that's put you on a podcast thing. in the future <laughs> So, I think uh, I hope everyone listening to this has a, a good week, and uh, we'll see everyone again live next Sunday evening, where our guest will be Kurt Borg from the Corso Workshop on Malta. So, it's that going to be an be. interesting chat. Yes. Uh, we've got a few other guests lined up and actually sort of set in place for the, uh, the next few weeks, uh, including uh, Andy Burke. Some Birkin. real trouble, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, Ali from the Geeky Fay. Art, art so yeah, those who've uh, already agreed to come in on time. So, uh, trying to get a few weeks ahead with booking people in. So, <laughs> hopefully, we've get to get the next few weeks going each week. i am just sort of get, get ahead, we'll try to, yeah. yeah so, we don't need often. to,
1: you know, last minute calls to, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're <laughs> available in the next 14 seconds, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, right. On that note, uh, we should say goodbye and, well, goodbye. Thanks, everyone. Good
2: night, all.